Good afternoon. You're listening to the Airbender Showbender, where me and the girls recap and react to the animated series Avatar The Last Airbender. What's up? What's up? What's up? We just watched Avatar The Last Airbender episodes five and six. I'm Adriana. I'm Julie. I'm Jennifer. And here on Airbender Showbender, we're going to react, but first recap, the last two episodes we just watched. So, episode five, um, we meet a very interesting character, um, Aang and Katara and Sokka visit the city of Omashu, which is an earthbending city, and it is sovereign at this time in history. And they, I think the whole reason they went there was because Aang wanted to ride the mailing system, which is just this um, gravity and earthbending run system of chutes and ladders, but not really ladders, mainly chutes and tubes of um, crates full of mail. They have one of the best mail systems in the entire known king world, kingdom, whatever. And they're really fun to ride in. And so that's what Aang wanted to do. And he recalled a memory of him and his childhood friend doing this um, when they were like 12 years old. And this childhood friend's name was Boomy. Boomy. Remember that name. Anyway. <laughs> um, bless you, Pace. Um, <laughs> I'm shaking my head at him right now. He's... <laughs> unaware but it's okay continue <laughs> yeah okay so they're in the city of omashu the only thing um that goes wrong while they're riding these shoots of mail system carrier thingies is that they destroy cabbages property roofs you name it they destroyed it they were not very careful and got into a lot of trouble so much trouble in fact that they were arrested and brought before the king now we find out that this king is a little, um, as Katara put it, his crown is a little crooked. He um, says that he, well, first off, he, instead of punishing them, he gives them a feast, which is odd, but they'll take it. And at that feast, he says that they will be sent to a chamber, which they believe will be a dungeon, but turns out to be a nice hotel room kind of thing within the palace, but with no doors. Um, and in the night, the king orders Saka and Katara taken hostage. They are given these rings that ever so often, like every minute or so, grow. And the king says that to Aang that he needs to pass three challenges in order to free his friends from these growing crystals. And these growing crystals have 12 hours before they're going to completely envelop Saka and Katara awful fate. And so Aang, very confused Aang says, okay, I'll pass your challenges. The first challenge is a key in a waterfall. He has to retrieve it to give it to the king. He does it. The second challenge is, um, Lord have mercy, I don't forgot the second challenge. Well, the second challenge is not important because he passes it. And then third challenge <laughs> is, um, he has to fight 
an opponent of his choosing. Um, so Aang thinks is clever, and instead of choosing the two soldiers that are before him, that he believes he has to choose from, he decides to choose to fight the king, which was a mistake, because even though the king, which who's a very old, kind of senile man with a clever edge, um, hulks up, like rips his clothes off, and he's just this ginormous, like bulky, muscular dude. And they're fighting, and he's a very, very talented earthbender. So they're fighting. Um, of course, it's, you know, high stakes, but Aang does prevail in the end. And then at the very end, the king was like, okay, you're, I have one more question for you, then we'll let your friends go. What's my name? And he thinks, and he thinks, and he thinks. And turns out his name is Boomy, Aang's childhood friend. And we find out that King Boomy put him through those trials because he wants him to prepare for thinking on his feet when he has to face the Fire Nation in upcoming battles that are no doubt ahead. So that was a warm, fuzzy feeling, City of Omashu, episode five. Episode six, we're still in the Earth Kingdom. We're still in that zone of the known world. And they're chilling in the woods and they see this kid about Katara's age, um, so probably 13 or 14, maybe 15, um, earthbending. And they're very hungry and they're like, well, if there's a guy there and he's earthbending, maybe we're near a village. And so they follow him to the village to buy food at the market. Katara notices, she goes out to the guy to say, hey, while they're still out in the woods and he runs away from her. So she sees him in the village and he walks into his house. Katara's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna walk into his house uninvited and tell him that I saw him earthbending. And as soon as, <laughs> As soon as they all enter this stranger's home um, and say that they saw him earthbending, you know, mom who is there and the guy who is who was earthbending shut the doors and shut all the windows and they're like, yo, don't say that. That's not chill. His mom's mad. Like, why are you earthbending? And they find out that um, his dad got taken away and it is illegal to earthbend because this Earth Nation town is currently occupied by Fire Nation troops. So therefore, earthbending is illegal. And yeah, so they give them a place to stay. And mom says, y'all can stay in this barn area we have here, but you have to leave in the morning. So they're there hanging out. Um, this guy's name, who I've already forgotten, is it Haru? Haru, right? Okay, yeah, his name is Haru. Haru. And um, he and Katara are walking, talking, you know, shooting the spoop. And um, they notice that in the mines, the reason why, let me backtrack, the reason why the Fire Nation has occupancy over this earthbending town is because they use their mines to fuel the Fire Nation ships. So they're walking, Haru and Katara, and they see this old man working in the mines and he gets covered in a bunch of rocks and they try to help him. But the only way they can save him is if Haru earthbends. And so Haru, he's like, okay, well, if I'm going to save this old, if I'm going to earthbend, it's to do good, it's to save this old man. And of course this old man is going to be chill about it because I just saved his life. So he earthbends and saves the old man. Later that night, Fire Nation troops come to Haru's house and they take him away because guess what? The, earth, the uh, old man told on him. I don't, just a terrible old man. 
told on him. So Haru gets arrested and put on, it's kind of like a concentration camp ship sort of, where, it, where it's all of the earthbenders ever um, who got arrested for earthbending in, a, in that town are there doing something um, on the ship for the Fire Nation and they're, they're surrounded by metal. There's no rock anywhere. Or so they think. So Katara gets herself arrested with this crazy plot that actually works where um, Aang gets in one of the vents. There's this ventilation system in this, this city. He gets in one of the vents and Katara and Sokka have a fake fight and Katara pretends to earthbend by having Aang send air through this vent and lift a boulder. She gets arrested. She tries to rally all of the earthbenders who had been arrested on that ship. She finds Haru. She meets Haru's dad. She tries to rally them together to try to, to inspire an uprising, but their uh, spirits are so beaten that they just don't. They, they can't. They don't believe that it is even possible for them to break free from that ship. Haru's father says that they're just going to wait for an end to the war um, where they could be set free and forget this all ever happened. Um, so fast forward to that night, Sokka and Aang arrive on Appa, the flying dog, and they say that they're going to, or they're there to, oh my gosh, y'all, it's late. Um, they're there to save Katara and Sokka and Haru and dad. And so Katara says, no, I don't want to do this. Um, I need to help these people. I need to inspire these people. They're like, uh, fine, we'll help you too. And kind of the whole, so they basically, they, they come up with this plan that is exactly like the plan that got Katara arrested in the first place. Aang goes down to the coal because they're on a ship. Ships run on coal. Coal's made of rock. Aang goes down to the coal. He closes all of the other air vents so that there's only one air vent open. And Katara is standing there where that air vent is and she gives a compelling speech and Aang sends all of the coal up through that air vent so that the earth bending prisoners have something to bend at the Fire Nation troops. Because there are a whole lot more earthbenders than there are Fire Nation troops on that ship it seems. Um, at first they uh, don't really look like they want to fight but um, Haru does some, so some minor earth bending. Haru's dad does some crazy good earthbending to protect Haru when the Fire Nation tries to attack Haru for doing the crazy earthbending and one thing leads to another then it's all-out war. They're earthbending at the Fire Nation, Fire Nation's firebending at the Earth Nation. It's just rocks and fire back and back and forth but of course because there are more earthbenders on that ship the earthbenders prevail and they toss they end up tossing a lot of the fire nation troops overboard we don't know what happened to them after that and that's okay um and yeah um trying to remember oh during all of during that battle katara's necklace that her mother had given to her is lost um and she finds this out at the very end of the episode in the very last frame of the episode we see our hated but also I love um Prince Zuko pick up Katara's necklace and go he probably makes some noise it's like and it cuts to black and we have episode six 
So guys, feel free to correct me because I probably left a lot of stuff out, not as succinct as it has been in the past. So what I leave out and reactions. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, that was a really good recap. The only thing, did you say, did you mention um, that the Earthbenders were all freed? Because they were on that ship forever. Yeah, they were freed. Yeah, they were freed after that and, like, went back to their homes. That was the only thing, I think. That's right. Yeah, so um, I love Earth Kingdom shenanigans. The the boomy episode was really funny. It's just it's a comedic relief after um, pretty intense and heavy development, and we really just get to s revisit Aang's very innocent and childlike nature of just wanting to have fun and. I would totally be super, like, scared to ride the shoots, but I would do it, and I know I would have fun. I, I mean, if I, if I had the chance to do it, I would totally do it. And we get to meet the cabbage merchant, which, bless his soul, cabbage merchant, he... Obliterated just, so many cabbages. Multiple times in that episode, too. It happened twice in one episode. He was episode. upset. He was so <laughs> upset. I get the feeling like his whole livelihood just revolved. He was caressing those cabbages. Like. Oh, yeah. Those are some prized cabbages. He Yo. was rubbing them on his face. You know, to be honest, to, to in his defense, I'm growing a couple cabbages myself, and they've been kind of like, I have one set of cabbages that has been taken over by some kind of bug and it really hurts you at your soul. So I can't, those are like just two or three cabbages. I can't even imagine <laughs> his entire like wheelbarrow of cabbages. Like, I think it happened like three times in the episode. They're just totally like, kaboom, like destroyed just three times. I, I feel for him, man. Yeah, so we get the Cabbage Merchant, and yeah, their experience in the Omashu Palace is pretty, uh, they're confused, but being treated well, so they're just kind of going with the flow, and um we we kind of see a little bit of Aang's impatience as well in the beginning of the challenges. He's very demanding, and he is aware of being quick-witted, but um, he he has to try multiple times before he opens his mind to new possibilities. And I love his battle with Boomy. I love when Boomy stands up straight and you can just hear like all of his spinal vertebrae crack <laughs> and his his eyes just get a little bit sharper and um he's a powerful earthbender and it's just a gleeful battle between he and Aang though. It's just their best friends just you know. Um, 
having fun. I think it was a really fun episode. And um, I think it was a very valuable lesson um, for Aang to learn just having to face an opponent that was definitely like way more advanced than he is at this point. And, and the next episode where they meet Haru, um, this episode, it, it takes another like swing back into some deeper, darker topics and the firebenders rounding up the earthbenders reminds me of like the cultural revolution where um, the Chinese communist government wanted to squash out um, really just like any intellectuals and um, also religious and spiritual ideologies and just taking away that part of the human psyche was enough to give them control to um, to really use these people for whatever they wanted to. And it's pretty astounding that as earthbenders, they didn't realize prior to the Avatar coming to save them and Katara, um, really Katara saves them, um, that the coal, that coal is from the earth. It's like, it, I think it really kind of gives you a glimpse of how like stripped down these people were by the Fire Nation and how insidious the Fire Nation um, can be. And um, in the end, Katara empowers them and gives them the tools that they, they already had inside themselves. She just kind of reminds them. And in the end, they're able to do some pretty impressive earthbending. And um, I think that we really get to see Katara's fearlessness in this episode break out. And her uh, defiance maybe isn't the right word, but she's definitely like very headstrong and is not going to back down from what she believes is right. And um, yeah, it was a good episode for sure kind of going into to deeper darker topics but also continuing to shine light on courage and empowerment and um uni uniting too because the earthbenders were only able to take the firebenders because they came together if it wouldn't work if just one person um stood up against them it took all of them so, yeah, it's such a good show. I love this show so much. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, Julie, like piggybacking off of what you said, I'm going to start with the fourth episode because that one was pretty emotional for me. Like, um, I started tearing up when Katara gave the big speech to the earthbenders because I don't know it just felt so parallel to a little bit what we're going through right now and like you know um I'm not I'm a white woman but maybe like you know how our people of color are going through and I don't know just like that like you gotta like feel courageous like when you feel I don't know 
it's a different situation but like any sort of like I don't know just that that speech was so full of like it was like all about courage and like pumping people up that have been defeated for so long and it just and like Julie like you made a really good point with the whole like the what happened in China um and just anywhere and everywhere around the world where power is like abused and used to like completely destroy people's psyche completely and make them believe they're totally powerless and they can be used as slaves because that's what these people these earthbenders basically were and it's crazy how um i don't know you see these themes repeated in all kinds of shows like this and stories and novels that we read and it happens in our real life still to this day you'd think we'd be past it but like i got really emotional during that speech because um it's true like you know we need it was it was even though her speech didn't work the first time it was a seedling and then at the end you know when they got you know when avatar helped get the coal up from what was it the air vents right mm -hmm. yeah yeah like then they came together and it was the together that was also emotional too because it was the togetherness of the earthbenders like at first they were really like apprehensive and like they're like eh, i don't know if i want to fight because they haven't they've been prisoners for so long and then they finally were like you know after haru and his father um they kind of started it you know they started the earth bending and kind of i guess it you know snowballed into a full-on war and then all the the earth prisoners like came together and it was like the powerfulness uh, and the beauty of them coming together as one and working as a team and then over like overthrowing literally <laughs> literally and physically like and figuratively overboard the ship that they have been a prison to like for god knows how long and uh it was so good to see the good guys win it was like so good because i feel like it's so parallel to kind of what we're seeing today in today's world i don't know um it was i don't know it was such a powerful episode it really like touched me it was about courage and like coming together and like oh, the theme was just so well so well done um and definitely the last scenes really ooh, it'll like hit you hard because you know Katara's like wait a minute where's where's my necklace the necklace her mom gave her and then of course of all people <laughs> that finds it the antagonist Zuko. I keep forgetting his name it starts it starts with Z so oh, I'm gonna mess Zuko. it up Zuko, 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 Zuko. Think of Kuzco from em Emperor's New Groove, but put a Z, move the Z sound. Nice, Zuko. It's so similar to my last name, but I can't. I don't have a good memory. And then, mm -hmm. um, you know, the third episode, like you know, you guys said it was really fun. It was really. I had no idea that that was his best friend. I thought it was his mentor, like the actual, you know, like the guy that trained him. And I was like, how is he still alive? I guess he's got superpowers or something. But I didn't, I didn't understand. Oh, that was his childhood best friend. He's just aged and he like survived. But I guess they live in this 
world I longer. The first time too, I did. Like it's it's all it was fun. Like realizing, oh my gosh, like that's just his friend. It took me it took me a while. And another thing, I'm just gonna point this out because this is my fourth time watching this. Um, <laughs> Boomy and Zuko share the right eye, like weirdness. Thing. Mm. That was just like a little, little nuance I caught this time around. Illuminati. Yes. Not I'm gonna Total. It's the Illuminati. I bet. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, they got that crazy eye. The left eye. Is, left eye is open. Nothing. No. But uh. <laughs> I. That's interesting that you um you both um are. I don't know. When I first time I saw it, like I immediately knew it was Boomy. I feel I felt like they just looked too similar and they were both just kind of weird. But I didn't like I was, I was like, that's that's Boomy. He he just became king. Like that's he's 112, he's ripped, and he's nuts. Um because laughter keeps you young. But then like I still it's still one of my favorite episodes because of all of like the challenges that they he put them all through like that even though you could probably like if you knew it was boomy you could probably guess why he would put them through challenges but just like all of the little things like the nuance the like oh i've lost the key to my lunchbox <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah he was like evil like crazy like let me play with you and if you die oh well yeah like <laughs> And so many dad jokes. Like, he's, like, the only one laughing at his jokes. Like, I love that part about Boomy, too. The, the joke where it's like, cool, Kangaroo Island. I hear it happen. And he just, like, the look on his face is just so mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, waiting for you to laugh. It's like really like bad dad jokes. A little bit of dribble on his chin. <laughs> like, some lettuce sticking out of his teeth. Like he's Yeah, he liked that lettuce. Disgusting. But Boomy hilarious. Is, yeah. Boomy is definitely one of my favorite characters, for sure. I have to say, though, when Boomy, I don't know, put him through those challenges, I was like, this is evil. Like, a friend wouldn't do this. Like, I get it. A friend would put someone through challenges to get them ready for like I guess he knew the whole time that he wouldn't hurt himself but there were a couple times Avatar came close <laughs> He's a I sage. was not okay with it he's a sage and a mage and Avatar is about to face way more evil shit than what Boomy just put him through just saying <laughs> I feel I, like I'm sure him and Boomy probably hurt each other worse like riding that dangerous male shoot <laughs> true. true that did not I, uh -uh, I would not be having fun on that I would do it that like made my stomach drop like when yeah I'm not into it where you like look down like right no. here I was just like <gasps> mm -mm. I mean I definitely felt like that too but I would do it I would be the insane one to be like all right let's go <laughs> You liked roller coasters as a kid, didn't you? Yes, and the tall water slides. And I always felt like that at the top of the water slide. I'm like, ooh, this, mm -hmm. is, this is 
I can't do this, and then you it's do It's like it, and this then... close to death or something. Yes. <laughs> like, there's always a chance. That edge. Play with that root chakra. Just removing the ground. <laughs> like, yeah. Root yourself now, chakra. Sorry. And receive a like. major wedgie. And <laughs> God, they gotta make anti-wedgie pants. I'm tired of it. Even in quarantine, I don't care no one. Anyway, I could... I'll stop. <laughs> not going into that. <laughs> Let's just say that the end, um, the end of the last episode that we watched, where Zuko does find Katara's necklace. I don't know why I had such a positive reaction to that, but I did. Maybe it's because, oh, this is why. Because the entire time we were listening to Haru talk, I don't want to know if that's the same voice actor as Prince Zuko. Because it sounded just like him mm. without the lisp. And I always thought that <laughs> Zuko's actor just had a lisp and that's just what it was. But maybe that's just part of Zuko's character. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But Haru and um, Zuko sound so the same. And I, that was just one thing I'll I kept thinking about. Yeah. yeah, it totally could be the same voice actor. That's an interesting um, question. I bet it is. Yeah. You know, they do that on shows all the time. They'll have, like, just to, you know. Yeah. Make it easier to get everything recorded faster. Mm. Not try to find someone. Interesting. Who voiced Prince Zuko? Um, It's a nerdy looking fella. I I also loved Haru. I loved Haru. I love her cool. too. Go ahead. Sorry, I mean the. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Haru's good. Haru's good. He's, um, yeah, he's inspiring. It sucks that old man like sold him out. That's lame. Yeah. What was up with that? That really yeah. sucks. Yeah. I I was upset. What? person what doesn't matter their age what guy is just like hey you saved my life i'm gonna turn you in for it exactly Mm-mm. rude rude well, it just shows how like like you know mentally these people have been really taken advantage of and they can't really discern like what is right and what is wrong at this point because yeah. of how traumatized they are living in fear of the fire nation yeah and you know like all of this again like i feel i feel like it's eerily paralleled a little bit to what we're experiencing or about to i don't know i hope not but i hope not too but because i'm black and i think that like i think just to put things into perspective i guess like in the same, I don't know, drawing parallels. I feel like everybody finally has a little bit of Katara coming out. Like, yeah. I definitely think she won the last episode. Definitely. percent Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. She was my favorite in the episode. I Like, she made me cry. She made me laugh. All the things. She was just picking up on everybody's vibe. Like, she's definitely the most empathetic person. Um, 
I think. I think so in the show. Except for oh, Uncle Iroh is probably the most empathetic. Let me let me take that back. Uncle Uncle Iroh, is he the one, the Fire Nation? He's Zuko's Wait. uncle, the that's what I okay. he, dirty old man. Yeah. He's the, yeah, the dirty old man. Guy. He's very yeah. round. But oh, but oh, the positive reaction I had to seeing Zuko at the end was I guess it's probably just the uh, main the a storyline like none of these episodes are filler they feel it they feel like filler they feel like filler mm-hmm. but they're totally i don't want to spoil anything for you but nothing in the show is just like completely useless Mm-mm, nothing no. i can think of maybe one episode we could have done without and when we get there i'll let you know but mm. these I episodes were not there which one it is for you I'll have to text it to you so that okay. we can. <laughs> um, okay, so Dante Basco is the voice of Zuko, and Michael Dow is the voice of Haru. So mm. just for a little info out there for all you listeners wanting the nitty-gritty facts. I was able to pull that up on my 2006 Pro. I'm mad. (laughs) Can't they be the same person? It took it took about ten minutes, but I got I got it for you. (laughs) Oh man, those were two really good episodes. I have to say. I mean, all of them have been. I just uh, I'm still absorbing it all in, but I feel like I'm like getting into it. You know, like when you're first new to to a show and the first two, you're not really, you've only seen the first two. You don't really know what's up. But like once you're kind of like in like five or six, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm really in this now. Oh yeah. Eventually we're going to, we're going to have to go on a little binge binge and, and plow through some episodes. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm down. It's, it's in the works for all of you at home waiting patiently for our reviews. Um, yes. But we're, we're going to go hard in the paint soon. So. That's exciting. And if you don't watch Avatar, as a newbie, I have to say, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but you better start watching Avatar because just six episodes in. It's pretty awesome. I also have to say, it's just such a positive show, and it's got such a light, I don't know, I don't know if I would call it light, I don't, but it's got a spiritual aspect to it that's just so, like, uplifting, and I don't know, there's something about it, too, like, it really inspires the, like, cur- like courageousness and, like, all these virtues that we need to you know develop and cultivate and always keep alive like courage and just like wit and like being able to solve puzzles and be logical and um be quick on your feet and it's like I don't know I feel like it does something I think it really does something to you when you watch it maybe what do you guys think Mm, definitely I think it. I think it activates your avatar DNA when you watch it, so that you can become an avatar. Yes, we all have to be avatars, especially now. We all have to be avatars. But there can only be one per generation. Ha ha ha! 
unless they pull a Buffy and everyone who has the potential can use the power. If you don't watch Buffy, I'm sorry, but you need to watch Buffy um, because that was a reference and is a big spoiler. But anyways, um, I, well, I, I think you gotta be, I think you gotta figure out where you are on your reincarnation cycle. You know what I mean? Cause like you can have death and rebirth in one lifetime, many life, you know, many times. So at what point are you going to be reborn as the avatar? You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's very true. Mm. I love, I think one of my favorite things about this whole series is that um, it's one of the first kids series where the antagonist is also relatable. Like they, mm. a lot of kids series, kids series is when I was growing up back, back in the day when we were kids, um, <laughs> there was very yeah. clearly a good and very clearly an evil. There wasn't a lot of gray area there. Like the gray area stuff didn't start happening until you were like a teenager or, you know, old enough to watch HBO. But with this, <laughs> with this series, it's like what, like the Fire Nation, they're clearly the bad guys, but they're good people who are also Fire Nation. And there are the bad guys who you can totally relate to and totally want to be friends with. And I think that it's kind of teaching empathy for younger audiences. Like, like that's what it did for me. It was just like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. So just because someone is bad to me doesn't necessarily mean they're bad mm -hmm. by nature. Like, not everyone is a bad person. And when there are um, antagonists, they're very, the show is very purposefully, like, if the, the core bad guys are just unrelatable. And I do that, I think they do that on purpose. And they're ruthless. And I feel like you wouldn't have a good show unless you had, it's like the whole good, bad, the ugly type thing, right? We've got the good guy, bad guy, and the ugly guy. Nobody wants to be the ugly guy. The ugly guy is very obviously evil or evil. But the, um, the bad and the good are kind of the same, just from different perspectives. And I think Definitely. Cool. Even in the battles, because the good are battling just <laughs> as intensely if not more than the bad. So I agree with that for sure, that it, there, it really does highlight the grayer areas of, mm, you know, moving through the difficult choices we have to make when it comes down to what is good and what is evil and why are we fighting for anything at all, so such a great show. I could gush about Avatar for more <laughs> hours. <sighs> I love that. It's so relatable to life too. That's such a deep like um observation you made. I didn't even think about that, Adriana. Like the that the antagonist is relatable. That's crazy. Well, right. at least in, in a cart in like a kid's cartoon, because you you really don't see that. That's crazy. I don't even wow. Yeah, it's like mind blown a little bit. It's more common now, I feel, but before, you know, before the before the early aughts, like in the late '90s and stuff, like it was just not common. 
Yeah. And that's when I grew up. That's when I was a kid. And so I like, I didn't even realize that until you said that. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Like, that's, that's awesome. And I think maybe that's, that's, um, that's a good thing for our generations now. Like if we know, like these cartoons have been teaching empathy, then the younger generations have more empathy which is very very hopeful which i believe they do i really do they have so much heart my god yeah zoomers the zoomers yeah <laughs> well on that note it is the hour of sleep it is late. thank you guys for listening stay tuned for the next episode, whenever that might be. I know Julie is gonna be doing some stuff in another state. So we may take a break. Isn't that is right? Like Oh yeah, I'm about to be in Avatar State for, for quite a while. So uh I don't know when I'll come back down. But if when you, I come back down, I'll be ready to watch a few more episodes. Julie, real quick, is it okay if I ask you both if you had to choose between earth, fire, or water, which one would you choose as your bending skill? Hmm. I'm probably would say I'm a water bender. I mean, I know I'm a water bender, so I'll just say that. <laughs> I feel like I'm either fire or water, because um, I love both. And I am in completely in awe at both. And when you think about it, the existence of the existence of latent heat, which is the thermal energy that powers like the atmosphere, only exists because there's fire and there's water. And weather is like my favorite thing. So mm. pitta, fire, water, you know. I guess I'll go with fire since Julie said water. I feel like I'd have to be air. I'm just so enamored with the avatar himself. I don't know. It also seems fun. It's like you can fly. You can like make a little tornado. But the water seems fun too. I like what Katara has done. But I'm also really new to the show. But I feel, I feel the air right now. Air seems really fun. It changes from time to time because I can see myself being an earthbender too as well. But like at my core, if I need to answer this question for you or for anyone else who is asking me. It's um, an important question. I know it's waterbender <laughs> for, for myself. So. so we can all have our cake and eat it. It's like you are an avatar from which nation? <laughs> I'm an avatar from the Fire Nation. Oh, nice. We all bend all the elements. Hell yeah. So my name starts with Z and I wear red. <laughs> oh. All right, y'all. This was so good. I love doing this. Thank you. Yeah, this is really fun. If you're listening out there, thank you for just you know enlightening yourselves with this amazing tv show yeah y'all fellow benders thanks for listening and stay tuned um the next episode may or may not be an avatar episode 
it's just going to have to be a surprise. It will still be aired on the same channel, wherever you're listening this, listening to this from. Just, uh, you know, keep an eye out. We'll surprise you. We'll throw something at you. I, I, sweet dreams. Cool. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Airbender Showbender. Don't forget to hit like, subscribe, or whatever it is you have to do on whatever platform you're listening on to show us some support. We'll be back with more episodes, so we'll see you then.